The Daily Tap is live for Friday. We have Devontae Adams reactions. We have Marquette reactions. And just an overall recap of the first day of the tournament. All here on The Daily Tap. Make sure you're following along on social. Tapping the keg on Twitter. Tapping the keg sports on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Uh, Also, make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing. If you're new to the program, if you found our bracket pool, and now you're you're saying, what are these guys? Well, hopefully you're checking out our podcast. Hopefully you're subscribing to us. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on any place you can get your podcast. All right, let's talk Devontae Adams. So I am sitting at the bar. uh, We're watching basketball, and I get a notification from ESPN I admit that ESPN's notifications can sometimes be annoying. I get LeBron notifications. I don't know if I signed up for those. Murph signed me up for those. But I got the notification that Devontae Adams had been traded to the Las Vegas Raiders. I was not on Twitter at the time. And to see that news, I was like, holy shit. I told Fant, who I was with. And there we go. And it was a complete crisis mode as i called it on the phone with my wife who's in flight hell who's actually in crisis mode uh in new york she had to stay an extra night to fly out um if she was like a big j she would have been tweeting at whatever uh flight service she was flying out of but she didn't care (laughs) to say the least i can't believe this happened like i know what i said i know that i said three or two or three days ago i was like look i laid out the scenario i said you could trade Devontae Adams and get a receiver in the first round. The receiver class is that good. They can certainly get a receiver come the month of April, May. April to May, whenever the draft is. But I didn't expect them to do it. I, I did not expect the Green Bay Packers to do it. And honestly, I don't think the Green Bay Packers wanted to do it. Like I don't think that was Green Bay's initial plan. They wanted to bring Devontae back. They wanted to run it back with everybody, all right? And they would just figure out how to make the cap work in the best of their abilities. I know immediately a lot of people were like, well, so much for the cap being fake. Well, it's been wildly reported. According to Mike Florio, though, this is just misinformation to the Packer beat writers, uh, which, I mean, Florio, just touch some fucking grass, my guy. But it, it is that Green Bay was ready to offer Devontae Adams the same amount of money and maybe even more, and to stay in Green Bay. And he chose Vegas. And he decided he wanted to go and do something else and play with his college quarterback, who he has a relationship with, who's flirted with him basically all offseason, and it won't be a tampering thing. It'll be whatever. And that's what Devontae would prefer to do. So now Devontae Adams, a Vegas Raider, has a massive contract, one of the biggest contracts we've ever seen for a non-wide receiver, or a non-quarterback, excuse me, and that's, and that's that. And Devontae's now in the AFC. And I think because Vegas is in the AFC, the Packers were, I think, more open to the idea. They, talk, they talked with Rodgers about it. They ran through everything. And Rodgers apparently thought that Devontae would come back, thought that Devontae would prefer to play with a two-time MVP versus his college quarterback, who's been a borderline pro bowler. I wouldn't call Derek Carr a... Pro Bowler. I wouldn't call Derek Carr an All-Pro. I don't know if I even called Derek Carr ever an MVP candidate. Also, Devontae Adams now going to like the Patriot way with Josh McDaniels. Apparently, Josh McDaniels has kind of changed his way from the last time he coached in Denver. 
But he's kind of renowned as a prick. I don't think Matt LaFleur has ever been called a prick. And so Devontae Adams has chosen a life of Vegas and, you know, his college teammates versus being a champion in Green Bay. That's what it is. Devontae Adams cashed out to be with his friends. I can't blame him. I know we're in the player empowerment era where we can't criticize guys. But to me, it feels like Devontae Adams ran away from a, from maybe a problem. Uh, Devontae Adams ran away from trying to finish this with the Packers. Devontae Adams said, I'm not even going to have any unfinished business because I'm going elsewhere. That hurts. That hurts a lot, right? But that's how it is. Because Devontae Adams, while he's a great player and I will miss him and I enjoyed watching every fucking minute of Devontae Adams, at the end of the day... He decided to cash out and go to Vegas in a better living scenario, frankly. I mean, Vegas over Green Bay, I think. Any red-blooded American would probably choose Vegas over Green Bay. They're not a, they're not many that would say, oh, I'd rather live in Green Bay than Vegas, especially an athlete. Maybe not red-blooded American, but red-blooded athletes not going to say, oh, yeah, I would rather live in Green Bay than Vegas. It sucks, right? And, and that's now you go where you go from here. Where do you go from here for a variety of, of topics, all right? And people have been running through it. Everybody has their takes. Um, but I think the first big overall take before we even get started on, you know, where the Packers should go and we'll, we'll run through a variety of things is they are not somehow a, a second-tier contender because Devontae Adams isn't there. That's fucking bullshit, all right? Devontae Adams, yes, is very important to what the Packers do. But at the end of the day, they have Aaron Rodgers. They have a kick-ass defense right now. To, to act like the Packers took this massive step back today is foolish at this point. Right now it looks like it. But guess what? The season doesn't fucking start tomorrow. The season doesn't start on Monday. We're not doing the NFL kickoff on next Thursday night. We have... Six fucking months to go? Can we just wait a little bit? Can we just kind of chill on that type of shit? I can't believe the immediate reaction without just thinking a little bit. Like I said, touching grass with Florio. Like, touch a little grass. Like, take a step, have a beer, and think about this a little bit. The question really should be, since I have to do the job for these people, should be, if the Packers don't bring in a veteran receiver and they just go with rookies, are they on the second tier or can Aaron Rodgers carry? I think the pundit would say, or the co-host would say, well, it's a lot of weight to carry for Aaron Rodgers, but you know, they have Aaron Jones. They might have Robert Tunyon come back. So maybe they can they can make it happen and, fi- and figure this out. Or they say, yeah, they're, they're not at the level of the Buccaneers and the Rams, and they are kind of more in where the Cowboys are. And where maybe the 49ers are right now, where the Cardinals are. That's where the Packers are. That w- So I I don't understand this idea that the Green Bay Packers are suddenly not a contender, which is hilarious, and we have fucking six months to go. Like, can we just wait? What if they trade for DK Metcalf today? What if the Packers decide to get Jarvis Landry, which I don't really want, but I'm just I'm throwing it out there. What if they get Marquez Valdez-Scantling back, who I guess they're very interested in bringing back? Again, what if they draft? They move up to draft Garrett Wilson, or they 
make sure they draft Chris Olave, and then they draft Chris, Christian Watson in the, the first round. By the way, Packers aren't going to draft two receivers in the first round. I, I, I That sounds awesome, but they're not going to do that. They'll maybe draft one in the first or the second. I think people will lose their mind, though, if the Packers don't draft a receiver. But we, we can talk about that at another time. We just need to wait, all right, from, like, the overarching perspective. We just need to wait and see. And I know that's hard for us to do in today's media. We don't do that. We are sensationalists. We rush to every story. We react immediately. I mean, I'm also the guy who does reviews on his phone and screams and yells, and so maybe I shouldn't talk. But I'm just saying, like, let's chill out on this idea that the Green Bay Packers aren't a contender. Where's Aaron Rodgers go from here? Well, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have his security blanket. I think Aaron Rodgers will be all right. I think Alan Lazard developed into that kind of guy for Aaron Rodgers. I think that there's a if they bring back Marquez Valdez-Scanlon, there is a relationship there. I think Robert Tunyon has a relationship with Rodgers. Whoever they bring in will work on the chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. In a weird way, I kind of like it from the fact that it doesn't make Aaron Rodgers complacent. We talked about that on the podcast yesterday about the pressure on the Packers. And I think this puts a little bit of a chip on Aaron Rodgers' shoulder. Aaron Rodgers is a petty dude, all right? We know this. We know this from the start of his career to right now. Aaron Rodgers takes everything very seriously. I will tell you right now, he is gonna use this Devontae shit as motivation. He is going to make all of these receivers look better and say, okay, you think you can do this without me? Look at what I do with Alan Lazard. Look what I do with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Look what I do with a rookie wide receiver. I can do this with anybody. I don't need you. I am Aaron Rodgers and I'm the motherfucking man. So don't be surprised if this is fuel to Aaron's fire. All right? Because I really do think that Aaron Rodgers is going to use this as sort of a driver for the offseason, which I love and shouldn't be discounted. From a receiver perspective, yes, I mentioned Jarvis Landry. I mentioned the fact that MVS could come back. There are a host of receivers that are available in the draft, whether it be the first round or the second round. They're they're readily available, all right? They're definitely available, and I think the Packers can make something happen. They will. They're not going to just sit on their hands, all right? You don't do this kind of thing without a plan in place. I'm telling you that right now. There is a obvious plan in place. Is that plan to move up to get Garrett Wilson? And if, you know, is that plan to sort of think about it and say, all right, we're going to get a really good player and maybe another position at 22, and then a receiver is waiting for us at 28? Because if you look at some of the trends of the draft recently, I mean, Jordan Love draft is a good example of this, where some of those receivers kind of fall to the wayside at the very end. So is that the plan? And if they're like, well, if we have to pay up for a receiver, we will do that. I know that Green Bay has something cooking. It's just a matter of what is it. Murph suggested, Murph had a crazy suggestion, but suggested Michael Thomas if Deshaun Watson doesn't go there tonight. It's very interesting. It's I gotta be honest, like that's something I look at and I'm like, not enough people are thinking about that. Not enough people are thinking about the idea of, you know, maybe a guy like Michael Thomas being readily available. Hasn't played in multiple years, right? But Michael Thomas is one of the best receivers in football. He doesn't want to play for the Saints. He's disgruntled. I don't know if Michael Thomas would like Green Bay, 
but I'd at least be willing to try. You get to play with Aaron Rodgers, it'd be better than any receiver he'd played with. But if you look at this draft, so let's 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 actually keep with keep on with the receivers. So I think Michael Thomas, I think DK Metcalf is something you have to keep keep in mind. There's not a ton in terms of what receivers are are readily available right now. I mean, you have Julio Jones who played with Matt Lafleur. Um, Julio's probably washed up, but then again, I do think Aaron Rodgers can even make a washed up receiver probably look good. Will Fuller, I think, also has a relationship with Matt Lafleur from the Notre Dame days. Um, I've always loved Will Fuller. Um, he hasn't necessarily been the best guy in terms of injury health, in terms of he's also gotten a little bit of trouble. I think he got trouble weed. Um, so there's that. You have Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, to me, like Juju is an interesting one because he fits kind of more what Randall Cobb does. You'd still need an outside receiver. But if you tell me that the Packers end up with Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling on the outside, it's pretty good. You have you have some you have a bunch of possession receivers all of a sudden. All of a sudden you 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 have one you need one guy to stretch the field, but you have a bunch of possession receivers in Lazard, in Juju, in Randall Cobb. All of those guys are readily available for you. I like the idea of Juju Smith-Schuster. He's 25 years old, all right? He has a lot of years left. Pittsburgh, I think, has kind of screwed him in the sense that he had Big Ben throwing him the football the last few years. How do we know where Juju's actual potential is, all right? I think that's something to really explore and, and think through. And I don't know if he's available. I don't know if it's gonna fit for the Packers' perspective, but I would really, really think long and hard about potentially adding Juju Smith-Schuster to the mix because it seems like a guy whose value is a little bit low and you could take advantage of. And I, I and I, when I say take advantage of, I don't mean like you know you get. I hope you get understand what I mean. And so I do think Juju is a, a guy I would put on the top of my radar in terms of the draft. Moving to that side of things, there are a lot of interesting options. Green Bay is going to have their pick of the litter. And Green Bay is going to have, you know, choices to make. You know, like we said about Garrett Wilson, he is the top receiver right now. He's being mocked in the late top 10. So you're telling me if Green Bay wanted to, if they really think Garrett Wilson is the next Devontae Adams, they could probably move up to the top 10 with Jordan Love. They could probably make it happen that they use their 22nd pick and Jordan Love and they move up. They'd have to do more than that. But you get my point. They could definitely move up if they wanted to. It's a long move up, but they could. It's probably easier to move up to 15 or 16 if Wilson were to fall. There's also Jamison Williams, who to me, Jamison Williams is not a 22nd pick, but Jamison Williams is what we talked about at 28, right? Like they could draft another another off, you know, like an offensive lineman. They could draft an interior defensive lineman. I saw Jordan Davis. Uh, in a mock, or just some guy created it. I shouldn't say it was a mock, but I was like, wow, I fucking love Jordan Davis. Um, I don't know if he's going to be there at 22, but yeah, I think that's another option. I think, I like, I here's the thing like, I look at the receiver draft, and I'm like, there's only like one or two guys where I'm like, I don't, I don't really have any interest in them. Jahan Dotson is really the, the, the one where I'm like, no, thank you. Like, Jahan, Jahan Dotson is way too small to be an actual NFL player. Like, Jahan, I do not... I, I liked him in college, but I don't think he's an NFL player. 
But if the pa- <clears throat> if the Packers ended up with Garrett Wilson, w- Jamison Williams, Drake London, Travion Traylon Burks, Traylon Burks was ma or like his comparison was a souped up Debo Samuel or a Debo Samuel with a power mushroom, I think, or something like that. It was like Super Mario reference. I fucked it up. It's fine. Um, all day, right? We're taking that. Olave, who I've mentioned, yes, for sure. George Pickens, family of football, definitely a second rounder, but fine. David Bell, I know he didn't have that great of a combine, but I watch David Bell and like sometimes with combine, you just, sometimes it's an eye test, all right? I watch David Bell dominate games all the time in, in for Purdue. David Bell's going to be a good NFL player, just point blank. Christian Watson from North Dakota State, another guy. John Michi, uh, for sure, absolutely, another another talented player. And then now you're getting into kind of the more obscure guys. But but if they were able to get any of those guys or get two of those guys, I think we're happy. Justin Ross from Clemson, who's more of a third or fourth round guy. Another name that I think a lot of people like. A lot of people would be like, okay, there you go. Jalen Naylor, another another kind of gadget guy who, again, really liked in college. I know he didn't have that great of a combine, but I, I don't care. Like that, that shit does not bother me as much as it does for other people. I just don't, I don't get into that. The Green Bay Packers now will also have the ability to sign some free agents. Apparently, Rasul Douglas mentioned MVS. I wouldn't be surprised if Robert Tunyon, who's been pretty quiet, that gets done. Green Bay Packers are going to have the ability to sort of do some different things. And they, I'm sure, had plan A with Devontae. I'm sure they had plan B without Devontae from a signing perspective. Rasul, I guess, was waiting for this to happen. So now Rasul can cash out, get his money for the Packers. And the Packers then have this dominant secondary that really will be one of the best in football, if not the best. Um, it's definitely a no-fly zone. I understand some might have sensitivities to that, given what's Ukraine, whatever. But no, they are a no-fly zone for sure. So that's what I expect the Packers to do. I think it'll come in the next couple of days. Uh, it's, a, it's a weird day, but we'll soldier on. We'll figure it out. Um, and if you are really mad about this or you don't want to be a Packer fan for some reason... Like I told Florio, touch some grass. It'll be all right. You'll be okay. Trust me. The, the Packers have a plan. If they, if they they wouldn't do this if they didn't have a plan. All right? If we agree with the plan, that's up for us. That's for the podcast. That's for you to decide. All right, really quickly about Marquette, and then we'll bounce out of here because I know you're going to be watching basketball all day, so I don't want to bore you with topics. Marquette, man, I just want my team to play well in March once. All right, I have not seen a good version of Marquette in the tournament for a very long time. All right, it's been since 2013 against Miami when Marquette, who was kind of, I think they were dogs in that game. Like I think a lot of people didn't think Marquette was going to beat that Miami team. That Miami team was very talented, and Marquette kicked their ass. It was a very satisfying victory for the Golden Eagles. And it felt like they were going to go to the Final Four. Now they end up like can't score against Syracuse's zone, and they lose. But that team felt really close to being a Final Four team. They didn't make it. Syracuse did instead. Since then, it's been nothing but pain. It's been rebuilding. It's been Buzz Williams leaving the cupboard bare. It's been Steve Wojciechowski not necessarily able to build a winner. Marquette's been back. But when they've been back, they've gotten their asses kicked. Murray State absolutely embarrassed them a few years ago 
And then you have the situation this year where you get embarrassed by North Carolina. You were not even in the game for the start. I don't have much like thoughts, feelings about the game because the game was a complete wash. It's the worst Marquette's played all season. And came at the worst time. And that's it's a real bummer that that's how it, how it ends. Hopefully it leaves Marquette with a little bad taste in their mouth. Maybe it means Justin Lewis comes back. I don't know. Uh, Justin Lewis has been projected as a low first round, early second. I think it's really going to come down to Justin Lewis talking to NBA people and them telling him, yeah, you're guaranteed a first round pick or you're either a first or a second. I feel like if it's that or, remember, second round picks are not guaranteed. So I do wonder if Justin Lewis would come back. I think Marquette will be fine with or without him. I think obviously with him, to me, I think if they bring Justin Lewis back, see what they do in the transfer portal, all their other guys back, I think Marquette's a, a top 25 team next year. Start the season. We'll see, but I, I, that's how I would view them. If Justin Lewis doesn't come back, I don't think they're a top 25 team, but I do think that they're still on the pathway to success. Shaka was really good in the transfer portal, portal last year. I expect him to be just as good this year. He needs to get some beef. They need to be bigger inside. Everything that Amando Baycott and Brady Manick did to Marquette should be a clear indication that they need to get better from a big man perspective. They just need to. It can't, it can't be like it was in this game or in games in the past. And hopefully this is a wake-up call for Shaka Smart. And hopefully Marquette can figure out what they need to do from a stamina perspective. I know Todd Smith is revered as a strength and conditioning coach. But Marquette, again, seemed like they ran out of gas at the end of the season. So who who's to blame? I had said that I felt like teams figured out Marquette, and once they figured out Marquette, they were kind of fucked. And I think we saw that a little bit in college basketball all, all like the last few days. Like Wyoming, who lost to Indiana. Wyoming was kind of like that, right? Wyoming got hot. We're really good. And then everybody kind of figured out what Wyoming was all about and Wyoming lost. And Wyoming was not good down the stretch. Marquette did get figured out a little bit. But I also do think that there is something to the fact that Marquette keeps wilting late in the season. And a part of me puts that on the strength and conditioning coach. How can you not? How, how can you not? And I know, again, I know that there is a lot of love for that guy but i'm just wondering is is that part of the problem and maybe you do keep him but you definitely talk to him and say what what are you what are you doing differently how can we do this so our guys aren't you know basically wanting to die by february and march i don't know just food for thought when i last time i said food for thought Devontae adams got traded so maybe todd smith will get fired i don't know all right take care of yourself have a great Friday. Don't let Devontae Adams ruin a great day of basketball. March Madness was incredible yesterday. St. Peter's, my my champion, Kentucky, out. I mitched it. First game, first day, team out. Um, unbelievable win by St. Peter's. I, always, I like St. Peter's a lot um, throughout the tail end of the year. Not to say that I would ever pick St. Peter's. Uh, I gambled on St. Peter's a lot. I actually gambled on him against Kentucky. Didn't take the money line. But yes, great win for the Peacocks. Um, definitely a story of the tournament. Complete madness there. Uh, the Murray State-San Francisco game was fucking incredible. Um, just back and forth. Like that was probably 
the game of the day, but a lot of games were close. Um, it it was a pretty sleepy morning. Like there wasn't much, you know, from before five thirty. So like after the Marquette game, it's like most of it was blowouts. There was a little flirtation with Georgia State and Gonzaga. Then the evening got fucking wasted, and just every game was close. I mean, even the UCLA Akron game, which was a rock fight, it was a close game. It was a close rock fight. And UCLA was in danger of losing that one. So I, I really enjoyed it. I 10 out of 10 would do it again. Um, so I hopefully we have a good good Friday of basketball. I, I'm always excited to uh, sit down, happy to have the day off and just watch hoops. I'll be on Twitter, tapping the keg, maybe a little Instagram too. We'll see. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys on Monday. We'll do you know more on the tournament. Probably talk, see what the Badgers do, who play tonight. We'll also chat about more Devontae fallout. I'm sure we'll get more stuff that comes out. Who knows? Maybe Green Bay will make some moves. Um, And if they make a big enough move, maybe we'll pop on the podcast and do do one on Saturday or Sunday at this like 25-minute mark. All right. Take care, guys. Have yourself a great Friday. We'll see you Monday. Bye.